Are you looking for a podcast where you can hear from real people regarding their real dental drama? If so, then you've come to the right place. Join hosts Bethany Petty and Dr. Rena Kuba as we dive into the solutions we've created and the mistakes we've made while managing dental drama. Let's get started. Okay, so I wanted to pick your brain on a few more topics related to not necessarily firing an employee, but maybe alternatives to firing an employee. Maybe a practice owner has somebody that is not necessarily fulfilling their role, but they're not fireable. Maybe there's a way that they can kind of repurpose that employee. So I wanted to kind of get your initial thoughts and then we can dive into some specifics. Um. Yeah, I mean, I think we've talked about, you know, in a previous episode about the bearing fruit um, and trying to see where else can you see if this employee can be more successful Mm -hmm. and get more, you know, could they continue to do these three things on their list, but then maybe we take out these two things that they're really not good at and sub it in for two more. But if we've already tried that and that's not working, um, you know, I think that's where I would think, how do we think outside the box on that one? Mm -hmm. And I go back and forth and say, well, you know, yeah, it, that, that's a hard one because, mm-hmm. you know, could you be losing potential hiring somebody else that has a different two or three, but then they're not meeting the two or three that this one was meeting. Yeah. Um, but if the goal is ultimately to fire them, that I guess you need to move on with that. So I agree completely. So I think that's a really good point. Sometimes I think practice owners think about what could I do to keep them on the team to avoid termination or to vo- avoid unemployment? Well, I could repurpose them them in this way, or I could offer them part-time. And sometimes if the end result is always going to be termination, well, then just get to the point and, and get the termination over and done with. Now, if they truly are shining in two of their four responsibilities, but they just are failing on number three and number four, okay, then maybe you do have enough there to go, okay, she's ne- I've coached her on number three and number four. She's never going to get that, but she's really good at number one and number two. So I'm going to either reduce her hours down and offer her what she's really strong in, or I've had clients that they came in and they the employee professed to be really competent in one through four. And the throughout that 90-day process, the client my client became aware that number three and number four are never gonna happen. She's never good at that. And so what they had to come up with is she's really good at number one and two. I'd hate to lose her for that, but number one and number two don't earn the hourly rate that number one through four. So she because she's not proficient in the whole job like she said she was, it's not fair for me to continue to pay her like she's proficient in all of that. So there's actually been conversations where we've had to sit back down with that employee and say, you know what, this is what we're seeing about your performance. It's not new news to them. Like they know they've been failing in a certain part of their job. And then they are essentially offering a new job to them. Like, hey, we're going to start the process over essentially again, here's your new offer letter. Here's the job descriptions, you know, in here that we would expect. You've proven that you can do this and that you do this really well. And we want to keep that on the team. However, this does come with this certain schedule and this pay, this hourly pay. So it's almost like a new job offer for that person. So I know you're trying to get my tips on what do we do with that or how do we do that? Here's what I see 
that I'm hoping I'm going to learn from you here because my reaction to all of that is that's a technique I've used to fire people without having to actually <laughs> fire them. It's like, well, you know, you could go and be a sterilization tech and you're doing great with that. And you could do, you know, you could, um, if they were doing some front desk, you could continue your scanning. You could continue entering paperwork. We can see that the phones are not your thing. We can see that scheduling's not your thing. We can see that making estimates are not your thing. We can see, you know what I mean? Like, oh my gosh. But we've seen that you could... So if you want to do that, then here's this, this, this. And so it's really our way of weeding the person out to say, well, you're not going to be so... Which is a strategy, by the way. Yes. It is a firing strategy. So that's... And I think the other concern I have with what you just said is um, I feel like a lot of the people that I have interviewed lately, the reason they are interviewing is because their hours are getting cut. Mm -hmm. And so that to me is kind of a red flag. Like, are your hours being cut because you are not proficient in something, therefore... Or is it like the most recent one and to be determined, she starts on Tuesday. So I don't know. But when I kind of probed a little more, like, why are you leaving the office you're at? Why are they letting you leave? It's weird. So why? Like the office knows you're leaving. So they're not trying to retain you. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, I, so it's, I'm never going to get those answers. Yeah. So it's going to have to be like, what are we going to discover here in the 90 days? But um, one of the things that she kind of did throw in there was, well, you know, it's not that busy a practice. And so then when my hours get cut and I'm driving really far and I think, hmm, hmm, okay, that's, I don't know what to think about that. Mm -hmm. Because are your hours being cut because you are the useless one or because they are slow or whatever. So I guess to me, I start, I hesitate to say that we're going to cut your hours or cut your pay because especially in this market, they can go somewhere else that will give them the hours and will give them the pay. I think for them to walk. And, and that's why we would have to approach this conversation with the ultimate goal. I would say if the ultimate goal is to terminate, but you want to try to be shrewd with it, and you want to take this path of I'm cutting your hours or I'm cutting your hourly pay because I'm changing your job description, and your goal is maybe they'll walk, go for it. Try, try it. I think that's, it is a, a termination strategy that a lot of people utilize. And I think that's totally fine. If your goal in approaching that conversation is, I would really hate to lose this person, then you're exactly right. If you cut hours, cut pay, there's a pretty good chance that they're going to move on. I would say on. it's probably a very good chance, mm-hmm. like a really good chance. So I think that you have to proceed with caution for sure. And then this is where you are thinking outside the box, like what all could you do to justify that pay? Mm -hmm. Um, I had a conversation with um, one of my newer employees and um, she's the one I've alluded to before that she's showing promise and competency, but from a culture standpoint of how she gets along with the rest of the team, most of the team is really frustrated by her. Um, And so I managed to work into conversation the other day about how she said something and, and I was like, well, there's no budget for that anymore. I was like, you probably don't realize this because you're relatively new to the dental field. You've been in the dental field for about a year or two. Pre-pandemic, you would have started at 13 or $14 in our office. And what you're making now, you probably wouldn't have made for another eight years. Mm-hmm. And she just looked at me. So I don't know if she knew that or not, but I was like, that's the job market. A lot of us owners are struggling with that because we know nobody's going to take the 13, 14 anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, but really, in our eyes, the value you bring and the amount of training I have to do, 
it's that's what we are used to being the norm, not what you're asking. Mm -hmm. And so it's been really difficult for us to swallow that pill and we're going to do it. We're going to stay with the times. But what that has meant then is that we don't have room for a one trick pony anymore. So whereas if you were making 13 and so and so, you know, the hygienist that's now making 52 previously that was making 39 and that was a really good rate. This is all in our Dallas area. There was room in the budget then to be able to say, okay, person, you are only going to do these two things you're really good at. I cannot afford to do that anymore. Exactly. So I think it's it's a really tough situation now if you've got somebody coming in promising you four but really only doing two. Mm-hmm. I I don't know how you are going to retain that person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I think it's we really have to ask ourselves the question, is it worth either continuing to pay the exact same rate and keeping that person fully employed to be able to keep them on the team. And if we justify in our mind financially, okay, yeah, I can compensate with other team members who are strong and therefore I can keep this person on the team. I want to keep this person. Then you're exactly right. If we reduce hours, reduce pay, we're probably going to lose them. So if you don't want that to happen, I would not utilize this strategy because it is an alternate termination strategy. I think if you're okay with losing that person, the second component becomes, okay, we sit down and we have this conversation of, hey, we're, we're reducing your hours or we're you know cutting your pay or, or redoing your position. And then the person goes, you know, well, that's not going to work for me. Like I can't, I have to have, you know, 40 hours a week, or I have to have this hourly pay. My budget's based on that. Then the question becomes, okay, is that person resigning? And if so, the this, I can't tell you how many times I'm asked this question. Do I let that person finish out a two-week notice? Like, what do I do in that particular case? So you and I have always been on the same page with this, which is they don't need to finish out the notice. Like, go on and go. The sooner they get out, the better in our mind, which seems almost counterintuitive, especially in today's staffing environment. But you and I both feel like there's risk to that person being on the team. First of all, they're going to be one foot out the door. Therefore, they're going to be a drag on the team. Most likely, they're going to be a drag on the team, not giving it their full effort. They're going to be calling in. We will have planned on them to be here in the office. And then they weren't here um, because they called in willy-nilly. They've lost their Skin in the game. Yeah. Yeah. And so then it drags out for two weeks. We're growing in frustration. The team is growing in frustration. And what if we happen to have an applicant during that two-week period of time that comes in and now they're getting negative vibes with this employee or the worst case scenario, they get one-on-one time with this employee that's leaving, which I would never recommend, by the way. Do not get your person that has turned in their two-week notice to train the next person. And that is a strategy that most practice owners do. But if there's any kind of, like we reduce their pay or we reduce their position and now they've moved on, they will taint the waters. No doubt. And then you've now got rotten apple number one, potentially impacting your brand new fresh little apple that you hired. It's the worst strategy that you can have. I don't care what they know. Get them to write down what they know. Get them to create a manual. Get them to do anything that helps the next person that doesn't involve interacting with them. And so I would say if you have a meeting where you're reducing hours, reducing time, and they go, I can't do that, and they're then leaving, 
I would say, think seriously about, do you want that person continuing on the team? Can you tell them, you know what? I, I understand your position. I understand that you have to leave. Why don't you do this? Why don't you take these next few days from home? Can you create a manual for me? Spend your next three days really putting effort into a manual. And then I'll turn that in three days from now. You don't have to, you're not going to be able to do that in the office. There's going to be too many distractions. Just do that from home. And then I'll then pay you for the next week as well. And you don't have to work that next week. What c- Come up with something where they're not you're not relying on them in the office. Yeah. So I, I, I absolutely agree with all of that. Um, and of course, when they're doing this from home, you're paying them for the time to do it mm-hmm. at home. And whether that's an hourly or if you're like, no, I'll, I'll pay you $200 to create my uh, SOP, mm-hmm. um, standard operating procedures for how you send your claims and how you do like whatever they're do- doing that they're really good at. But I think if it's something that, yeah, if it's two things that they're really good at, Maybe you are paying good bucks, big bucks for those two, um, unless you're putting in a post to find somebody else who, mm-hmm. um, but I think that's really, really difficult to do. Unless, I guess the other thing could be, if you know what this person's MO is, like if you were to say, hey, um, I'll add on an extra week of PTO for you. Mm-hmm. So we're going to drop you from, you know, $10 to $8. But I know PTO and vacation is important to you and you've got family that you want to see. Or let's, you know, I know you've been wanting to take your kids to school on this day. So your work hours will be from this day to this day. And let's focus on these things. That way we don't have to worry about your pay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. You're going to have to come think outside the box. But I really feel like... If you want to keep them, you're going to have to, if you take something, you're going to have to offer something. Yeah, but that's a big one. Cutting hours, if they're relying on hours and cutting pay, I just don't, I don't see that going well. Yeah. Well, and I would say too, if, like you said, if you need them for number one and number two, you may just have to pay a pretty penny for that if you want to keep them on the team. Yeah. Um, The other thing I would say is, are they aware that they're not good at three and four? And have you tried to get them? Because that's the other thing. Like if they feel like they can get away with not having to improve, maybe this is a point where you sit and have a conversation and say, hey, I don't know how you've been feeling, but I need to be very, you know, we need to have an open conversation about this because I think when you came in, you said you had one through four down and let's go through each one and see where we are. Well, I think one is going great, blah, 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 blah. Two is going great. Three, tell me what you said. That's a strong skill set for you. So let me see what you did in your previous office, because maybe we just do things so different and you were very successful in that office, yet we're meeting these challenges here. Right. So... Are, are they aware? Are they willing to recognize that? Because a lot of times, I think we've talked about this before, about how things are so obvious to us and it's not obvious to them. And I'm like, I don't understand how um, collecting a copay, oh, that was not, a, that was fine to skip that part in your other office. That's weird. <laughs> right. But maybe that was the norm in their other office. I don't know what to say about that. Um and they have met, they may have felt proficient because things were just done so differently in that office. Right. And we don't know that until we are having those conversations. Right. So I think my tendency always was to say, you lied. You're not good at three and four. You pulled one over on me to get this. 
And now I've come to say, it's still hard for me. I still have to pause because that is still probably my first reaction. But I'm now very quick to pause and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Have I made the expectation clear? What was their understanding where they came from? Why are we having this disconnect? Mm -hmm. And then I would say, okay, let's talk about three because I don't think you're nailing that. And this is what the examples I have for that. Tell me about why you think you are profitable. What am I missing? Like what was Norm in your other office? And see if you can get anywhere with that. Um, and then, you know, talk about four with that too. And then maybe that's where you either really figure out that they're never going to get these, or you have that light bulb moment over where you're like, oh, that's why they thought they were proficient at collections because their other doc didn't care about collecting co-pays. They were fine to write it off and we're not. So I can see how you would think that that's okay, mm -hmm. but that was very, that office specific and our office is not okay with that. So what do we need to do to train you? because I need to see improvement in this. And so that's where you take that moment to say, to me in this office, this three, these are our rules for three, these are our rules for four. Mm -hmm. And so here's my challenge. And I want your help in figuring out, are these things that you can figure out? Like what kind of training can I do? Or I need you to ask me questions about these because my expectation is this. Mm -hmm. So we kind of need to have that dialogue. If, if that's not going to happen, then where do we go from there? Exactly. Because that means that I have to hire somebody to do that. And I don't know that I can afford to do that. So if that person can do one through four, like I'm just thinking out loud, I'm not talking about you in specific, but I'm just thinking about if my buddy came to me, my advice for them would be like, well, if person one can only do tasks one and two, I would find somebody who can do one through four. Mm -hmm. Now, I know you, I would hate to lose you because you do very well. You're a great cultural fit and all that. But I'm just trying to, I'm trying to figure out the answer for when we're not talking in vague terms, mm -hmm. you know, how do I reconcile this? What do you think? And that can be a really helpful conversation to have like that because the person walks away with really two things. I either learn to follow number three and number four and I get proficient the way this office does it, or it's become clear to me that she may look for somebody else. And so hopefully they're walking out with, motivation. If they want to stay on the team, they're like, I'm going to get three or four. If, or if they're one foot out the door anyway, and we have that kind of conversation, they very well could go, this isn't the place for me and I'm gone. And either way, the problem is solved. You either have elevated that employee up to doing expectations one through four, or you've encouraged them to move on out the door. Yes. Yeah, so I think those are your options. Or then just, if you really want one and two, you might just have to have pay to for that. So you got to decide if they're really worth that dollar amount for just those two tasks. And the answer to that may be yes. Mm -hmm. Maybe you're not going to find somebody else who does it as great as they do and matches up other things. And then you got to suck it up. But um, I think if you're going, no, I, I cannot afford to do that. I cannot afford to have two separate employees. Like that would mean then hiring a separate employee to pick up three and four. Mm -hmm. Or the alternative, is there somebody else in your office that could pick up three and four and you put that on their plate, maybe give them a slight raise. Mm -hmm. Maybe you can't afford to give them a slight raise because this person is already taking up a chunk for one and two. Mm -hmm. Then can you take something off of employee two, put three task number three on their list, the whatever you took off of their list, give to somebody else. Like what kind of shuffling could you do yeah. so that this person, if you really need them for tasks one and two, but you can't, I don't, I don't think in this market you can take away pay or hours. I think that's going to be very difficult to do. I'll give you a perfect example of this um, that just came up in a conversation I was having yesterday. So 
have a client that has an RDA that's critical on her team, um, knows everything clinically, can go to the OR. You know, we, we really need this RDA. She's been there for years. She's almost at five years. And so, again, my client has kind of been, you know, getting her raised up so that she stays. We're really focused on retaining her. But we've had all other RDAs on the team leaving, spinning off, having to hire new ones. So being kind of the long-term employee, long-term RDA on the team, we really need her to train these new RDAs that are coming in. We need her to be able to onboard them and get them acclimated pretty quickly. This has been the expectation of her for the last few years. She fails at it miserably. She just, it is not in her wheelhouse. She knows it's our expectation. We had her put together a training manual and she just doesn't, she doesn't want to lead. She's phlegmatic to the core. She just wants to be behind the scenes. She's a hard worker, but that's really all she wants. Well, now we're in this position of, we really need to keep her. So it's not that we want to get rid of her, but at the same time, it sure the heck would be nice to have somebody that actually was willing to train and onboard these people. Well, at the same time, this client has a lady at the front that really is trying to increase her pay and she wants to take on more responsibilities and is naturally a good leader. She's just naturally good at it. Um, has a medical background. She's not an RDA, but she's got a medical background and is very quick to learn. So we're like, okay, are we going to keep beating the same dead horse with our RDA where she's never going to train? We've talked to her about this for years and she's never going to do it. So do we then reduce her pay and then transfer that responsibility over to our really strong front desk lady? Well, no, because we're trying to retain the RDA. So no, it doesn't mean that she loses pay. It would be nice if she would achieve all of her responsibilities, but she's not going to. We know that. We can't live without her. We need her on the team. Okay, we're going to keep her at the pay, but then we're offering a training bonus to the lady at the front who is going to tackle training. We know she will onboard and keep these people, you know, moving forward in their progress. And so it kills two birds with one stone. Is it disappointing that our well-paid RDA is not doing that and hasn't done that for a year? Absolutely. But do we need her? Yeah. So we're not going to go and say, we're reducing your pay and we're giving that to the front office lady. No, this client, unfortunately, is just out a little bit more money. But in doing so, she's retaining two of her key employees. So I feel like that's a perfect example of what you're talking about. Yeah. So if you were thinking we were going to give you how you're going to win this, no, the yeah. doc's the loser in that one. But ultimately, hopefully the doc does end up being the winner. Just yeah. consider it like a little investment mm -hmm. um, that you do have two people now that are happy. Mm -hmm. And then that that generating the positivity you need so that they're retaining future employees. So exactly. it's an investment. It's mm -hmm. not what we were hoping for, but it is what it is. And what do I have to do at this point to keep my ship going in the right direction? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Last tip that I'll um, give, and we haven't necessarily done this on your team because we do so much leading up to termination that there's just a ton of communication that occurs. 
in lots of situations, I recommend an exit interview where once that employee has resigned and they're moving on or we've terminated, that there is some type of touch base that occurs either right before their departure or right after their departure. I would recommend a standard list of questions and you just ask the same questions to any person that either resigns or we terminate. And, um, it's really enlightening to hear people's perspective when they know that they're leaving the practice. They're much more honest with their feedback. So if you ask feedback of employees that are on the team and have no intention of going anywhere, most are smart enough to not be 100% honest. You get 100% honesty from people that are leaving the office. And so you know, questions that you could ask are, you know, tell me what you loved most about working at, you know, CDCI. Um, Tell me what you liked the least about working there. If you were to be training a new employee coming onto the team, what would you do differently? What worked well in the way that we onboarded you? So some of those type of questions, you get really good feedback, even from people that you don't necessarily like and you don't know that you'll really use the feedback. I feel like it's worth getting their perspective, even if it's off the wall. You might pick up one little pearl from them that you're like, that was actually a really good point. I'm going to implement that in some way. Um, sometimes it's not best for the doctor to do oh, that. Oh, I was about to say, there's no way I could do that. Yeah. There's no way. I'm far too sensitive, mm-hmm. and um, that's where you come in handy for yeah. me. I, I don't touch that. Yeah, I would say having you know, somebody on the team that can step in and handle that. That may be a manager that could handle that conversation. It could just be a natural person on your team that you tend to go to or defer to. It doesn't have to be necessarily the manager that is calling to have this conversation or having this conversation in person, but somebody that you feel like could just be very neutral in the conversation. I do feel like it's helpful and we get some good feedback in that process. And it's one more way of allowing that person that's departing from the practice, either by termination or resignation, the chance to feel like they were heard that this ended well, they're leaving some type of positive impact for the next team member. So it's a way to kind of delicately wrap up the relationship. Um, So that's another tip for people that are in that position. Anything else you can think of? Well, you, you, you have a thousand examples from your clients. Mm -hmm. Uh, Is that pretty much kind of where we are now where there's a lot of people who they're kind of these half employees? Mm -hmm. Yes, very much so because the market is so small that when a client is bringing somebody in, they're often making compromises. Like it's just not the full package that we used to have. So I'll, I'll give you an example. This has happened a lot lately that we can't find an RDA. And so we're opening it up to kind of non-dental people. So I found that there's more medical people applying. I um, was just having a conversation with somebody yesterday that's medical background. She was in a pediatrician's office and is now applying to dental. So yes, does she have the customer service piece of it? Let's say that's number one, Um, you know, strong customer service. You're going to be able to connect well with the patient. A medical assistant. (laughs) I've never seen one of those, but okay. (laughs) I'm sure I've just (laughs) offended half of the world. Sorry. (laughs) Let me, let me pipe back down again. You might need to edit that out. (laughs) Continue. Um, So yeah, maybe she's got the people skills or maybe not. 
50, 50% chance, right? Maybe 25% chance, but nonetheless, maybe she's got the people skills. Maybe she's got some concept of how to collect money from somebody or talk money with somebody, but she's going to be missing number three, which is insurance billing and insurance, you know, verification and all that, because yes, she, she may have had some of that on medical, but it's completely different on the dental side. Uh, and also she's lacking all of the dental terminology and knowledge. Now, can she learn both of those things? Maybe, but maybe that doesn't translate. So then six months later, we're looking at somebody that's really so sweet with the patients and she's, you know, got the core idea down, but she's really struggling to grasp the dental specific knowledge or dental specific. And then we go, okay, do we move on from that person? Cause she does do a great job with the patients. She's a wonderful greeter. She answers the phone beautifully, but she's never going to get number three and number four. So then how do we supplement with that? Is that when we're looking at a, um, you know, third party company that comes in and verifies the insurance for us, comes in and, you know, manages all of our insurance claims. Are we then just supplementing in that way? And are we going to be okay with that long-term? Or are we going, gosh, as precious as she is with, with patients, we need the full package. And so I do feel like a lot of offices are in that position of having to compromise. I completely agree. And I don't know that we've got a great answer to that in that, I think the other thing that I think about, because I've recently dealt with it a week or two ago, is, is it fair to that person? Because are they going to be up for raises and things like that? And the answer is no. Because even though you're a greeter and you're great at all of that, but when I'm looking at the full budget going, I still need, so I'm basically either going to have to pay an outside company or pay a whole nother person to come in and pick up these other tasks that doesn't make sense anymore mm-hmm. at what people are asking. Again, if it was $13, $14 an hour, that was something different. But now even the person coming in to do sterilization alone wants 21 an hour. And so if all you can do is sterilization at 21 an hour, mm-hmm. I, I, I need somebody who can do more. So then, but where do I find that person who can do more? I guess we've been lucky that because we're maybe in a metropolitan area, it's, it's been few and far between. It is not at all. Um, you know, robust. like where I've got, yeah, where I've got, you know, I may have two applicants, mm-hmm. but I still got to keep looking. And maybe I would be singing a different tune if I hadn't been lucky enough to at least every time I've put an ad out this year, I've at least found one person that it, um, and in that case, then I'm thinking, then it's stuff we've talked about in previous podcasts, but what else are you do to look? You know, where else are you looking? We have a finder fee in our office. It hadn't worked, but I remind them of that hey, think outside the box, like, who could you bring on? Who could you train and ensure their success? One that we found that um, was, a, 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 you know, like a nurse with our anesthesia company. And I said, hey, we're looking. If you know anybody, that's how we found our latest RDA. And she has been phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking outside the box like that. But I guess that's where, I mean, we, we just had the same experiment fail when our office manager left and I hired the kid of my previous RDA that I was good friends with. And, you know, within six weeks, I was like, oh, no, Mm -hmm. because now I've committed a salary to this person and comes with that, the 401k and the blah, 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 the blah, blah. But all she's really doing for us is the marketing. And she's great at that. But, oh, gosh, I still need to hire another Mm -hmm. person who can help answer the phones and who can schedule appointments. And she could potentially get there. 
Um, and I, I think she did have somewhat of a desire to learn all of that. That was kind of at the back of the plan as she'd been there longer um, because her mom has always been in the dental field. But um, I think when she came back and said, oh, I, I don't, you know, I'm going to go back to my teaching field. That's where I came from. I was like, oh, thank God, because I don't know that I was seeing you getting a raise for two or three years unless you really picked up the dental. Yeah. And I didn't know when to turn that on on you. Mm-hmm. So um, and then in the meantime, now. We put out a post. I found two really good candidates. We picked one. Mm-hmm. I mean, when was the last time that happened? Like, oh, never. Yeah. Um, so, again, now this is the one that's starting with us next week that I'm still scratching my head going, why were you available? Mm-hmm. And why were your hours being cut? And you say you're proficient at this and this. So it's a we new adventure. See. We shall see. But at the same time, it really was eye-opening to me to go, darned, I tried thinking outside the box on this one. Mm-hmm. And I think that would have been a disaster. It's a good thing that she got that teaching job offer because I don't think I would have been able to upkeep unless she learned more. And that was a big question mark. So anyway, um, maybe it was good that we we practiced for a little bit and experimented. But um, I don't know. This is a tough one. Yeah. In this case, like you said, the medical one that can is a great reader. But if you're paying her twenty three dollars an hour, chances are if you keep looking, you will find the dental person that you could pay twenty three or twenty four, twenty one to that is going to have a bigger, better skill. set. Well, and this is where it goes back to our last episode. It's like you got to have a really clear plan on where you want them to be by that 90 day point. And if they're not tracking well for that. Again, our our rule of thumb is usually cut ties sooner rather than later. Yeah, but in this case, you're talking about this medical person that this great greeter that they need mm-hmm. has been there for how long? She has. She just interviewed. I just interviewed her mm-hmm. yesterday. So, uh, and I'm assuming she wants what we would have paid a proficient dental person. She's not coming in going to be happy with thirteen. No, she wants okay. eighteen. Mm-hmm. Eighteen to greet, basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's one of those things. It's like. Uh, we are having to compromise. Like we're not finding the candidates with skills one through four, or they come in and say they're proficient in one through four. And then we quickly realize that they're not. And so we've, we've really got to have those conversations quickly and repetitively. (laughs) And then we've got to be willing to take the risk. If we are going to change their position or cut their hourly back or cut their hours then we're essentially committing to them probably walking. And are we prepared for that? So again, the challenge with that, and I know we all see this, but so now here's this medical person who's coming in, starting a new field, has no idea really what she's getting herself into, is asking this $18 an hour mark that, again, I know we're not supposed to be talking about pre-pandemic, but that's a ridiculous amount to ask when you know nothing dental. But here we are. You need that greeter. You need that person checking in. And we have, I think it's safe to assume she's never going to pick up the dental. I think that's worst case scenario. And that's how I would assume. So then you've got to decide while you're hiring her now, are you, what else can you put on her? Like, could she do some marketing stuff? Could Mm -hmm. she do some, um, maybe she's not going to verify all the insurance, but at least she can enter blah and blah. And maybe she's the one because she's a people person. She can be the one managing your hygiene recare calls Uh And she can be your post-op check person. Like, does that all equate to $18 an hour? Yeah. It becomes, what can we put on her plate? And even if, as we put things on her plate, we're like, oh, she's not really good at that. Just constantly thinking, well, then what else? Like, can she learn sterilization? Can she learn to flip rooms and at least keep the flow 
going at the back so that when she's not, you know, with a patient at the front, she's, she's running back and helping. And then is that valuable enough? So I think we really do so have maybe to be on hiring and interviewing. That's where you ask that and say, Hey, you know, like this is going to be challenging in a dental office. We don't want you up against a wall where now you're not getting the earning potential you want. Yeah. We think we're more than willing to train you in any and all areas, but we know it's going to be a gamble on both our sides mm-hmm. trying to figure out. I guess to me, the biggest thing is, is now if you're giving her the 18 and then you still are going to need to hire a dental savvy person, are you not able to hire that person? Cause now you've tied up dollars with exactly. this one. And so where can you free up dollars is going to be the question. Mm-hmm. So maybe you do have to give her the 18, but maybe you're not marketing so much, or maybe you're not, I don't know, but where are you going to free up the dollars for the dental proficient person? Agreed. Yeah. It's got to be a big picture decision, not just let me go ahead and fill a seat. And then that prevents you from filling the seat that you actually needed to to fill. And again, sometimes you can re-strategize and you can problem solve it to where, okay, we're considering this $18 an hour person, both front and back, because she can run sterilization. She can flip rooms. Heck, we even trained her to, you know, snap x-rays. Okay, great. So now she's kind of both front and back. So she's not consuming my whole front office budget. I actually do still have dollar amounts left over because she's technically half front, half back. So it can be strategized. We just have to really think about that strategy, not only before we hire this person, but also as she's fulfilling those first 90 days, we're really formulating and and finalizing in our mind the position that she's going to have in the practice. So either listeners are going to really go, this was helpful or this is not helpful. Um, And so I will just say, like from my own experience here, um, the, the way this whole year has gone and we are now August, we're at the beginning of August. Yes. And I will say at, um, you know, January, we lost one of our RDAs that was with us for three years. In mid-March, we lost another RDA that had been with us for five years. We lost a hygienist that had been with us for three years. We lost an office manager that had been with us for 11 years. Um, and so that doesn't leave very many more people <laughs> in the office. Mm-hmm. Um, so really, really um, a dismal time for me this spring. This year has been tough. Now in August, dare I say, I am maybe jinxing myself, but I am in the best place I've been in in the office, I would say, in the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm excited about our team. I think we've got the right people in the right spots that are well paid, but not gouged and overpaid, where I'm going, you are not worth this. Because I feel like through the rest of the year, even some of the people we lost that I was like... God, I hate that I have to spend this much on you because you are one of those one trick type ponies. Like you really are good at these two things. And that is it. Um, It was funny. If you go back a couple of episodes, there was um, I was talking about how I met with the old person that worked with me um, that, you know, told me about how how valuable she was if I would just recognize her worth. Anyway, in that one lunch conversation, she was like, hey, you know, if I came on, I bet I could get back this other employee that worked with us. That employee, you know, I still have a good relationship with, but basically she had a temper tantrum. She left and I did not agree to meet her demands. And that was that. And mind you, I've missed her for zero seconds and she'd been with me for five years. And I was so relieved when she was gone. Um, And so funny how that works out where we really think we need some of these people that we're not going to be okay. I'm telling you right now, I have never not been okay. I've always been okay. Um, And so anyway, she was like, I bet I could get this person back. And I said, 
why would I want that person back? And she, her jaw, she went, <gasps> because she knows I'm still friends with this person. And I said, what, what was, she, what was so great about her? Well, she was the best sedation assistant. Was she? Yeah. Was she? Did she, did she know how to answer all the parents' questions? Was she good about the documentation? Was she good about the checklist? Was she, no, no. chair side, she was good about handing me stuff. I mean, I guess she was good with that. Is that what you mean? Well, she was so fast. Well, all these other people are fast and maybe if they're not that fast, but they're more accurate with their documentation and they're more accurate with their blah, 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 blah. Mm -hmm. And I was like, here's the problem. She's going to come in asking this hefty amount because she thinks she's that good. Yeah, you might be really good with assisting a chairside patient, but what do we do when we don't have a patient or mm -hmm. patient no-shows or in the summer we're crazy, but now we're about to hit school starting back in Texas next week. We're going to be a ghost town. Mm -hmm. And now miss, I want $28, $29 an hour plus a 401k match, plus my insurance paid for plus PTO plus vacation days. Yeah, That person is far winning that one. I am far losing on that one because when things slow down, can I have you order? No, you botched up ordering. How hard is ordering? You botched it up when you were here and you were very stressed about it. Mm -hmm. um, you cannot answer phones. We've tried that. You are not proficient on the phones. You are not proficient with scheduling. You are not proficient with documentation. You are not proficient with anything that requires She's details. She's the one trick pony. She's the one trick pony. So mm -hmm. I kind of said, what would I do with her then in the slow times, drop her down to $15 an hour of an admin rate? Like, what would I do? Can I do that? No, I can't do that. So no, I'm not interested in hiring this person back. And so the, 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 um, a, the lady that I was talking to who was like, oh, if I come back, I'll bring her back. She was just like, her eyes just popped. And I was like, come on. Yeah. I think that's the problem is all of these people we talked about a lot in the worth episode, they think they're worth so much. And unfortunately you have asked for this ridiculous amount and can you deliver all of that? So it's put us in the position of going, okay. And it's not a new position to be in. Honestly, it's not a new position. We've always had every employee that can never hit all four. That it's can just hit more two. costly now than it's, it's ever been before. It's far more costly than it's ever been before. So we really need to look at and scrutinize and analyze. And so it's really a tough spot we find ourselves in that we do still need the good greeter, but I can't be paying you $22 an hour to greet yeah. and then hire another person to do to 22 hours to, to verify the insurance, to do all that. So bottom line is it has really become, we have to be strategic. We have to think ahead. We have to really put this, this really actually ties in with the worth episode because mm -hmm. we talked a lot about it there about, could you really let go of this person? And if not, what can you shift to make it work? Exactly. Um, and so the, the point that I leave you with is yes, it's taken me eight months. So some of you are going to go, okay, that's great news. It's excellent. It's doable. I'm happier now in my app practice than I've been in, in years. But for those of you that are like eight months, right? Um, yeah, it's, it's taken me a little bit, but it's been a lot of strategizing and a lot of pro, you know, proactive thinking and creative thinking, but it has been worth it. So my point is it's doable. And there's light at the end of the tunnel Yeah, and it, and it may not be fast. I think that it's really important that you just pointed out the eight month timeline. We've been working on solving this for eight months and now we're getting to a point where, and again, I keep not wanting to knock on this wood right here, but we're getting to a point now where we feel really good about the team and it was worth the investment of that eight months. And when you think about who you lost to be able to sit here and go, I actually feel better about the team now yeah. than I did eight months ago. There's light at the end of that tunnel. And by the way, it's not like I was miserable for eight months and now I'm finally happy. It's been getting better and better and better. And again, of all the people that I talked about that I lost, 
maybe I'm just a heartless person. I have not missed one of those people for one minute, not one minute, not one minute. And maybe I just move on quicker. I don't know. But every single one has been like, yeah, okay. I feel lighter. Um, And none of those were people that I wanted to see go. Mm -mm. Um, And it's just not been an issue. Yeah. So hang in there again. I think that's a really good way to end this episode is hang in there. There is light at the end of the tunnel and heck things could even be better without that person. And that's, I think a really encouraging thought for our listeners. Thanks for joining the conversation today. We hope that you are comforted in knowing that you are not alone, but we also hope that you're walking away with some really great tips and tricks to try in your practice. We value your feedback, so please take a few moments to rate and review the podcast. Finally, we want to make sure that we're covering the topics that matter to you. So track us down on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and let us know what topics you want us to cover. As always, please know that we are rooting for you today as you manage your dental drama.